and welcome back to Real Horror Show. This is your host, Samantha, and I'm joined, as always, by the Stormy Skies. Hello, listeners. How's it going? (laughs) Uh, It's as good as it can be. Um, Yeah. I don't want to talk too much about this because it's still early in the crisis (laughs) on February 25th, 2022, but... We've entered the next step of hell world. The next level. Yeah. (laughs) And as Americans, there's not a lot we can do right now, but share resources and just be considerate of the world around you. Yes. Yes. Um, And I, and just as like a time capsule thing, if we ever listen back to this um, and into Ukraine, I think it was like Wednesday. I heard about it Wednesday morning Mm -hmm. or something. So that's just for me. If we, I ever listen back to this and like, what are we talking about? Because so many shitty things are happening. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah. Um, But just yeah, be considerate of what's going on globally, stay informed and share resources when you can, if you have the platform to do so. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's the best thing you can do right now. Um, And that's that, but also at the same time, just, uh, you know, stay inside and stay safe because COVID is still prevalent you don't fall to the wayside for like your personal health (laughs) (laughs) yeah sorry well I'm I know that COVID's just like boring now because it's just (laughs) just a thing that's been like three years (laughs) my opinion is if the U.S. has to reinstate the draft draft the unvaccinated first (laughs) (laughs) That'll, for sure <laughs> that'll solve a problem that'll solve the covid problem like really fast <laughs> but you know that i say that that sounds bad because there are people who can't get vaccinated for valid health reasons that's not who i'm referring to we all know who i'm referring to when i say draft the unvaccinated first yes and um you know we're just joking <laughs> so, yeah are we but um anyway that's anyway, let's yeah <laughs> um speaking of uh traumatic hell world experiences yeah because we're not the news you shouldn't get your sort your updates on the crumbling world from us we're here to talk about texas chainsaw massacre 2022 (laughs) i almost was like yeah 2020 and i was like wait texas chainsaw massacre is a 2022 American slasher film directed by David Blue Garcia with a screenplay screenplay done by Chris Thomas Devlin from a story by Fide Alvarez and Roto Seguez. The film is a sequel to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1974 and the ninth installment in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise, picking up several decades after the original film. The story focuses on the serial killer Leatherface targeting a group of teens and coming into conflict with a vengeful survivor of his previous murders. Ninth installment. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) That's That's a lot. I didn't realize there were so many, but I guess there really are. And um, I'm not happy, Bob. Yeah, Bob, I'm not happy. I knew that Sam wasn't happy whenever she messaged me and said she had thoughts because that always means she's not happy. <laughs> not all of my thoughts are negative. True. Yeah, same. Overall, this was a good slasher movie. 
The kills yeah. were very brutal, very creative. I liked the first one where Leatherface breaks off the guy's hand and then stabs yeah. him in the throat with his own hand. That was very into yeah. and inventive. Yeah. Where this movie fails is everything else <laughs> as a sequel to the 1974 <laughs> movie even having still not watched it i didn't have time mm-hmm. um i know i i have issues with the continuity why are they living in town why is harlow so important where's the rest of his family when texas chainsaw massacre has always been about his family how is this an unsolved murder when he never left his town and sally survived <laughs> Sam, I had the same exact questions that you had, dude. There's so many continuity errors. There's so many loopholes. Like, we need to talk about this and get to the bottom of this right now. <laughs> this is the problem. Like, um, my brain can't figure it out. It just can't. Uh, Colby, who we follow on Twitter, and he follows yeah. us uh-huh. uh, at Colby, told me he asked if he needed to watch the original to understand what's going on in this one. And my response was, I don't think the writers watched the original. I was about to say like, Sam, do you feel like they just made this and just like didn't watch the original just like for reference because that's what it feels like. And so you legit don't need to watch the original. This film could just like be a standalone thing. Yeah, it should have just been, because you could cut out the Sally Hardesty stuff and not lose any plot. Yeah. Yes. And so everything else could just be a reboot. The issue with the Sally Hardesty stuff is that it was so brief, Sam. It was yeah. just with it's in the movie for like a few moments and then that's it. Mm-hmm. The heck. <laughs> so yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot that we're we have to say about this. And this is gonna mm-hmm. gonna really try to figure out this mystery of like what the fuck yeah. was happening. <laughs> in this movie so let's get down to it and talk about acting and the characters not a lot of recognizable faces in this movie as is just the thing with horror movies uh the only one you might recognize is elsie fisher who was in bo burnham's eighth grade and she actually had a golden globe nomination for that movie so she's a very talented actress which one was that she of, was of, the girl who was carrying a lot of trauma from surviving surviving a school yeah. shooting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, we'll talk about that little detail in a bit. But yeah. um, also, the blonde girl, she's in Outlander, and she's in. That's why I recognized her face. Yeah, she's British in real life. So okay. whenever they like do a really good like American accent, it's kind of hard to pinpoint them. And she's always in like super traditional garb in Outlander. So you're like, is it her? <laughs> yeah, it's her. Um, and uh, that's it. <laughs> I really like any of the characters. Um, yeah, because they didn't really have any personality other than the one that was, you know, like vic- a victim. So therefore she yeah. had to like, she was just kind of like a victim of something, but that's like, that was her personality, but that's it. <laughs> and then Leatherface was played by Mark Burnham because yeah. again, why this is a direct sequel to the 1974 one doesn't make a lot of sense to me because the original Sally passed away in 2014 and then Gunnar Hansen passed away in 2015. So yeah. you don't have either of the originals coming back like you had for Halloween 2018. Right. Yeah. 
So it doesn't have the same like, oh, everybody's back together. Yeah, it was actually pretty awkward um, because Sam, I don't know how old um, like Leatherface was supposed to be in the original, but like how old would you say he is in this movie? <laughs> like if you could guess. Well, we didn't see his face, which is token Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He is deformed, <laughs> yeah. um, which is why he wears other people's faces after the... I'm going to probably allude to things that happen in Texas Chainsaw Massacre the beginning, even though that was a prequel to 2003 yeah. Texas mm-hmm. Chainsaw Massacre. But I think it does fill in a lot of gaps in regards to the family dynamic. It's a good one, yeah. That's why he wears people's faces after he gets fired from the pig plant. He... <laughs> Yeah. Damn. He wants to be handsome, so he starts wearing other people's faces. And right. I don't yeah. know how old he's supposed to be. So I would say in bit old in this movie. <laughs> yeah, in 1974, he probably would have been late teens, mid twenties, if you want him yeah. to be like in his sixties now. That's what I was thinking, like sixties, you know. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, Michael Myers is in his 60s. It's old man Michael Myers in the 2018 yeah. Halloween. Right. Um, but like Michael Myers is like, you know, an evil entity. Um, you know what I mean? That can't die. But like Gunner Hands, or not Gunner. So he kind of has an expiration date um, a little bit. But I, I just don't know why we're... We talked about that in the mini show, how yeah. Leatherface isn't the same kind of slasher as Freddy, Jason, and Michael. It's always the same Leatherface except in, I think, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, which was kind of just a soft reboot of the franchise, I think. Yeah. The, the weird one with Renee Zellweger and Matthew McConaughey and Leatherface as a drag queen. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that wild sequel. Yeah. But, I don't know if I've seen the third one, but I've seen the second one, which is about the, the radio DJ. And radio yeah <laughs> yeah so anyway like acting sam can we talk about um the characters like we do have what are they are they like youtubers or influencers or podcasts like, i think they're like supposed to be influencers who've won harlow in like an auction so they're gonna gentrify it got it yeah so, the plot <laughs> itself is very contrived and yeah. a little stupid but like you don't need yeah. a smart plot for a slasher to be fun yeah i guess you don't they could have like you know had something a little different for auction when i'm using air quotes here people still live there i guess mm-hmm. um and also it was funny, like they're you they're like influencers, but like they talked about how they were like chefs. And I'm like, how does that come into play at all? Like Yeah, I don't <laughs> gonna, Yeah. The whole way they end up in Harlow is very contrived. Yeah. And they're all very unlikable because no matter how you feel yeah. about small town America, mm-hmm. the way these kids acted. It was inexcusable like these are people's homes. yeah they were just jerks they were total jerks and i find the one guy's reaction to the confederate flag hanging mm-hmm. uh to be very <laughs> i want to say it's unrealistic but it, maybe it is realistic but in the scenario where you're bullying a 
elderly woman on oxygen over a flag. I don't think anyone would actually do that in that situation. Yeah, they probably wouldn't. And also like with that, they're, they're kind of like walking into the house and they're just like, well, you don't belong here. Can you show me like, just where you need to leave? Like, we're going to call the cops. I'm like, this isn't your place. So if there's already someone there, just like, let it go. Like Mm -hmm. chill. Um, so that, so just their attitude, you know, overall that, um, just causes like the, the first conflict that spirals, you know, other face into action. In real life, if a bunch of influencers just won a town in an auction, I don't think they would actually treat the people already living there that way because I mean, they might be douches because influencers tend to be douches. Yeah. But you do want the people living there to actually like you so you can acquire their property. Right. And change it and they won't get like upset. Because they bought the town. They didn't buy the citizens' private properties. I mean, they're saying they did in the movie, but in reality, that's not how it works. (laughs) And there's a lot of instances, I'm sure that you notice that you're just like, well, in the movie, this is happening. But in reality, this would never, (laughs) this would never work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, so that's them. But I also wanted to talk to you about the other characters who are the people. I think if I counted right, it's like four people mm-hmm. um, or maybe six, including Leatherface and like, I guess his caregiver or his mother. Um, so there's like the gas station attendant, the country guy. I'm just going to call him the country guy. You yeah. know who I mean? And then the two cops. Mm-hmm. Is that it? <laughs> yeah, there weren't a lot of other characters. Um, there was yeah. the old lady who's who was I reading the Wikipedia. She was not Leatherface's mom. She owned an orphanage, and for some reason, Leatherface is in that orphanage. <laughs> oh, because I, I don't know. <laughs> we'll talk about his location and his actual home location in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, because oh, I really want to know. I can believe after 40 years, yeah. his mother and father have passed away. But where the fuck is his brother? Yeah, didn't he have like an enormous family in that house? Like everybody was just like, even if they were old, they were just like still living. Yeah, but um, you we'll know? get to that once we finish yeah. trying to break down all the characters. <gasps> There's all the influencers that don't matter because they're solely there for that fucking scene. Fuck. It was a great Texas Chainsaw Massacre because it was an actual massacre, but the whole, you try anything and you're canceled bullshit. <laughs> it's so fucking dumb. It's so lame, like lame. <laughs> and you just know that the oh. writers of this movie laughed when they wrote that. Like that'll teach those fucking Gen Zers. Right. And it's like, do you really think that like, that's how people like speak? Like they don't talk that way. They, they like type and text that way, but like, no, we don't like really put that into practice. And all those people on the bus were kind of like older. <laughs> yeah. They weren't know. actually Gen Z. They were millennials yeah. our age. And I've heard people talking about like cancel culture and stuff, but I've never mm-hmm. actually when someone whips out their phone to record like harassment they're not saying try anything and you're so canceled bro yeah they don't they don't like the reason we record (laughs) is for police evidence right and also i mean like it's funny that he whipped out his phone and he went live because there were like the comments 
but he did that when Leatherface came on the bus, but Leatherface didn't do anything violent yet. Yeah. He just like was there, Which, but he looks scary. Right? Yeah. Know. And in that scenario, <laughs> um, a gruff looking man covered in blood walks on your bus with a chainsaw. Yeah. Is that really going to be the first thing you do? No, like you'll just get like kind of freaked out, maybe back away and not like whip out your phone. As somebody who has been the first on site to two car crashes now, yeah. um, the very last thing on my mind was I better take out my phone to take <laughs> pictures of this. How to go live on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? It's what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah. Right. So wouldn't you say like, hey man, are you okay? You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like, I, I feel like uh, the way that these characters have a mind and we use it you know what I mean we, we, we think in a logical way and we you know dissect a situation the way that you should um and you know what and so think, there's yeah good I think that's what I missed most in this Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie is one of my favorite horror genres is a bunch of teens get lost in the woods and mm-hmm. get killed yeah <laughs> and you know the original 2003 2006 kind of maybe uh texas chainsaw 3d the mm-hmm. characters still had brains and used them they were just put in a scenario where they were stuck yes yes <laughs> exactly um and so this is another one of those uh things in the movie where you're just like yeah i know it like probably seemed funny when you wrote it and you filmed it but like watching it like this would never happen it just wouldn't um and uh like we can absolutely dissect that a little bit more in like story and plot because i still have more to say about that specific scene yeah um Uh, can uh, you think of any other characters worth i guess there was the sister of the main girl so the black guy and the girl with curly hair were like chefs and i don't know like oh like i can't stop thinking about like why why would even say that just like don't even worry about it because nobody talks about food they don't talk about opening a restaurant they just they just don't Nothing. Which it doesn't matter. Them being chefs could be a fun thing to play with plot wise, since you know, yeah, massacre. Leatherface is a cannibal. His yeah. family are cannibals, and he's like a butcher, you know, like by trade. Um, if you do take into account the beginning, mm-hmm. um, but like, nope. Why would they do that, Sam? Why would they? Why would they ever that they refer to the other? <laughs> They're just chefs. Uh, yeah yeah we can uh start cracking down into story because i am confusion because (gasps) leatherface was living in town in an orphanage which goes against everything we've ever known about the sawyers and yeah because so uh, the end credit scene of Uh on netflix is him returning to that house Yes. But why was he not in the house to begin with? So <laughs> trying to find the yes. nicest way. So to this do... is a multi-pronged. Yeah. Trying this to is find a multi-pronged way question to, because what? Yeah. Talk about Leatherface. Yeah. He is <laughs> a fully grown adult. He just has some mental impairments. 
and this is pretty much canon because Gunnar Hansen talked about how he went to because 1974 a lot of people with mental impairments were still being put away in facilities rather than being taken care of by their families right he went to those facilities to meet with them and study them and fully understand that so he could implement it properly and respectfully into the character of Leatherface but he's not I don't think he's incapable of taking care of himself because taking the beginning into consideration yeah he was capable of holding down a job he's taking care of his family by getting them food to eat yeah he was like the primary caregiver in my opinion yeah and the whole (laughs) reason they're cannibals to begin with is because the factory shut down there's no Mm -hmm. industry in harlow for them to make money and they don't want to leave their homestead so the fact that he's no longer in that house doesn't feel true to his character even if his whole family died yeah he would still be in that house probably with their mummified corpses exactly that's what i'm saying um because if you watch the original one time you will it's hard not to notice the very shocking way that all the elders in the family are displayed they're just kept around Mm -hmm. you know alive or not um and so this is like a multi-pronged thing i was saying because like yeah why why does he not live in his house if um he was in the orphanage the pictures from the orphanage that have him he's like a child Mm -hmm. so what (laughs) and then um you're right there's there's no reason he should backtrack to the orphanage and also the second question and this would be a spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen it lives in his old house (laughs) so what the fuck is that Mm-hmm. Why, why is this happening? Yeah, so, just these are, yeah. <laughs> this would have been better as a reboot. They, I, I'm willing to stake my life on saying that they only made it a sequel to 1974 and brought back Sally is because mm-hmm. of the success of the Halloween franchise. Yeah, right, right. Um, yeah, so that that's just like a big question that mm-hmm. we can't answer because it's like they, they just like didn't quite. He should have just been in the house, and that's that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's okay. So that's one portion of the story that would be like chapter one. <laughs> it's like Leatherface in the orphanage. Yeah, because I, I think you wrote about this for the website. Is yeah. at its core. At it, when you strip back everything, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is about a family trying to survive. Right. And yeah. That's when cool. you take that away, you lose <laughs> yeah. so much of what makes Leatherface scary. Is it's not just him; it's an entire family doing this. And I don't oh. know. Even Texas Chainsaw 3D yeah. understood that. <laughs> yeah yes um because it it ends with uh his i guess aunt who we're not supposed to question is 20 something instead of 40 something (laughs) it ends with her yeah agreeing to be his caretaker yeah so that movie which is generally not liked in the texas chainsaw fandom from what i understand yeah 
understood oh. that at its core, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is about family. Yeah. If, if the makers of this film had watched, you know, like the, the original or like any of the sequels, that's kind of like a recurring, um, it's a not like a message, but I feel like it's a recurring mantra for the family is they say like, you know, like the saw is forever, but like fam like family is forever and like so something like along the lines of that, but family is like the foundation of what they do with the meat, quote unquote, which is like, you know, the cannibalism aspect. Yeah. So if you take out the family part and we just have Leatherface all by his lonesome, he has, he's lost his support. Um, if there's no one in the town of Harlow, who are you going to eat? Like, I don't know. All yeah. these questions occur he's, and it does strip away. He's from, no like, longer Leatherface. He's just another slasher when you take away his family. He's just an old guy. And I want to get into... Um, what happens after um, Leatherface and his his caretaker leave the orphanage and then she just like dies immediately mm -hmm. <laughs> like once she gets into the ambulance um, but the the my big question is like okay they get into the accident his caretaker dies and he wears her face and like okay like because he's Leatherface, but like what happened to all those other masks? Like mm -hmm. in, in the span of those 40 years, did he throw them all away? Why wasn't he wearing it when he came to the door? You know, all these questions, like why wasn't it already in practice? And that's where it feels like they're trying to do a remake, but he's just old, you know? I don't know, what, yeah. did you feel that way? Or I felt like that way and yeah, I especially felt that way because in the very beginning of this movie, they mm -hmm. established Oh, this great unsolved murder of Texas, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. How is it unsolved? He's right there. I like want to talk about that question too. Like, okay, he's right there. He's in the town. The two cops know that it happened in this town and they're like, we love this town. And then also Sally lives in the old house. She knows where Leatherface is probably. And she's a cop too. So I'm just like, why doesn't anyone like arrest him? You know? there he is as oh. much as i love the yeah. kills in this movie and the slasher aspect of this movie yeah. the yeah. story is so contrived in how they tried to make it a sequel yeah it didn't it didn't work out at any turn none of the aspects were able to like mesh together mm -hmm. seamlessly it was too full of these gaping holes and i'm just like what you know and i shouldn't like I wanted to enjoy it, I really did. And I'll, I'll talk all about like how I loved the gore, you know, and the yeah. violence and production, because it was great, but like- yeah. The actual you need, story. You need more. Yeah, you need more than that, you just do. And- um, um, Yeah. What else? I, th I think what could fix that tremendously is it's not an unsolved murder, they figured it out, but because Leatherface is mentally impaired, mm -hmm. instead of being put in prison, he's put into a rehabilitation center because I, I don't think he's inherently violent. If you yeah. take the beginning into account, it's his family kind of goading him on. Yeah, exactly. Um, and like a trauma will kind of spur him. Like he was fine up until his caretaker in this movie died. Mm -hmm. so, uh, and then he got like, mad. <laughs> he's, he's been in this facility for 40 years and they decided he's <laughs> able to go out and be on his own so he does that and he immediately goes home 
and you can keep the whole gentrification shit. I don't care. But he goes right. home and there's a new family living in his house and they've renovated it to be farmhouse chic and he goes ballistic and kills them. <laughs> and then you get that scene. Like where that the, would be, that would work. I think yeah. that would work a lot better. Yeah. yeah. You're keeping the family aspect because his family's gone and someone else is living in his home. Right. I know that would be so much better. Um, and what else are you going to say about, about, yeah, and, and then time. from there, you can, like, build it that Sally, who's now a cop, uh, yeah. gets the call that he's back <sighs> when the other police officers stumble upon this horrifying scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so much better. And, like, I know that that has a lot of nods to Halloween, but if it works, it works, mm-hmm. okay? Like, that's fine. And it, it's realistic that way because you think he's put away, you think he's safe. You know, he's gonna, you know, like get released, but then you're not anticipating, you know, an immediate transgression to violence. And then that's where the conflict can start to take place with Sally. That makes so much sense. I didn't know she was a fucking cop until she just had a little star on her shirt. Mm -hmm. She could have been just like a nobody. Which since you've seen the original and I haven't with Sally, does that trajectory make sense for her? No, it doesn't because like she, she... In my opinion, she should have been like a nurse or a doctor Mm. because her brother is like paralyzed or something in the original. He's in a wheelchair and he, you know, is killed by, you know, Leatherface and she escapes. She's in one that escapes. She is extremely traumatized. So she should never have gone back to live in his old home. She should never have like had a weird backslide where she's like a butcher and there's no way that she should be a cop if anything she should be someone who would be in the rehabilitation center nursing someone like him you know what i mean Mm -hmm. while going to therapy (laughs) Um, so yeah the when she was slaughtering that pig my immediate thought was if i had survived what i went through i don't think i would ever eat meat again I, yeah, I wouldn't want to look at it because in the movie, they really like fuck her up when they're just trying to force feed her. And there's that whole, and you haven't seen it, but there's this whole scene that's very legendary where she's tied to a chair at their dining room table and being like harassed. And like, it's just a really traumatic experience, whether you're eating the meat served to you or not, that she'd probably be a vegetarian. (laughs) Absolutely. So for me, even with my limited knowledge so, of the original movie. Yeah. I don't think I could be a fucking meat eater after that. Why would you stay in Texas? Why would you stay in Texas? <laughs> <laughs> Not get revenge on the guy who did this to you 40 years ago. Also, there's another, that's another sticking point is that she, when she comes into play and she's like, I've been waiting for this call for 40 years. And I'm like, what call? Like the gas station attendant called you because he thought about, he said something, you know, fishy, something was happening, but like, wait, honey. (laughs) And why, why were you waiting? He's there, just just look for him. Yeah, Yeah, he's there. And you have evidence, just take the Texas Rangers and be like, look at all these dismembered bodies right in their living room. <laughs> right, I know. So that that's the problem we're having is like, we have this cut, the rough cut of like the evidence. 
um, like a super cut of like all that stuff that's happened. And like, we're still trying to figure it out. I'm like, if you're trying to figure it out so fucking bad, if you're going through this town with four buildings in it, you would have found him. Okay. So that that's, it's ridiculous. It is to get her revenge. Maybe she would have returned in a couple years and like scoured the place. Like if you really want to get rid of someone that bad, she would have found him and it wouldn't have taken 40 years of her butchering pigs and being a cop. So I don't know. That's my take. <laughs> and so, since this yeah. is a kind of, at least the Sally plotline is a knockoff of Halloween 2018. The reason it's taken Lori 20 or 40 years to get revenge on Michael is because he was locked up and reinstitutionalized mm-hmm. so she couldn't do anything yeah legit but the second she found out that he got off the bus that's when she was able mm-hmm. to make her move yes and in like behind the scenes um at her home she turned her home into like this huge compound where you know she knew that he may be released one day and so she was kind of like a like doomsday prepping mm-hmm. um you know at that time so although she wasn't taking action she was in kind of like a passive way of making herself safe because she also had a child as well sally like doesn't give a fuck <laughs> like yeah yeah so, so uh, because she didn't try to do anything to protect herself or avoid the town of Harlow, which mm-hmm. if, if Leatherface can walk to it with his limp, <laughs> then it's not far away. Right. And <laughs> it's so interesting that this movie's focus is on Harlow so much and yeah. not the Sawyers because Harlow didn't really fucking matter it in didn't. any of the other movies. It was just the location. Yeah. Like, I'm sure Harlow could go up in flames and the Sawyers wouldn't care as long as the fire didn't reach their property. Yeah, and there's no way it would because Harlow, yeah, Harlow's the location, but also the Sawyers, they kind of like are on the outskirts. Mm -hmm. So if Harlow is rural, they're like a bit more rural. They're a bit more rural um, because they probably don't like people. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. Harlow. They're like, we love Harlow the way it is. I'm like, Harlow like sucks. Nobody lives there. I don't know what you guys are talking about. You have a serial killer. Like, what do you do? It was very strange. Um, yeah. So but, uh, <laughs> the crux of the story is Harlow has been bought by these influencers who are going to make it trendy and gentrified. And there's like four people still living there, including a hot mechanic for some reason. I'm disappointed in how they use the hot mechanic because I thought for sure he was going to be like, um, other faces yeah. brother's kid or something like that right but like yeah he's the hot mechanic and I, I called him the country guy and um so like he works at the mechanic place but like whose cars is he fixed like what what cars are coming through no one lives there yeah <laughs> what are you doing for work buddy yeah no one lives there except for him two police officers an old lady and leatherface and gas station attendant guy and he's probably getting all the business when people are just traveling through so that's where you want to work at the gas station so it's weird that we have all like six people living in this town and they're not the sawyers like you could can they could have that could have been a fucking twist is that they're all fucking sawyers and they're to like kill the fucking influencers for their thanksgiving dinner 
Yeah. And you know what, Sam? Um, and if, if you're listening to this and you kind of live in a city and you're like, oh, there's no way that the whole town would be one family. Like when you live in a rural area, I don't know how much more rural my area is than yours, Sam, but like there are people um, that populate our small towns and they're all related. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it can freak you out. These families get so big. And so take that idea and apply it to this teeny tiny town of Harlow. They, they all should be related. Uh, so his caretaker dies. He kills the cops. He kills the um, Leary. It's Leary from Outlander, right? He kills, yes. he kills yes. Leary from Outlander doing what we've all dreamt of doing while watching Outlander. Oh God, I know she's, she's so awful. <laughs> But she, if she, have you ever watched Victoria about uh, Queen Victoria? I have not. Um, she also is in that, but she's like the opposite. She's so wonderful. You know what I mean? So she's actually a pretty good actress. She dies. So rest in peace. Yeah, she dies. Leatherface walks back to town after cutting <laughs> off his caretaker's face. Yeah. Uh, goes to get his chainsaw from the house. Mm-hmm. The mechanic's like, yo, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> And he gets killed. Killed. <laughs> Dante, the uh, black guy who bought the town, gets killed. Um, yeah. Then everybody else gets killed. And yeah. that's about it. <laughs> that's the story. That's the story. The, uh, the one sister gets gets killed. The, uh, you know, I, oh, yeah, I don't know that... if they're both supposed to be lesbians, but, the, you know, one ki- one's killed, one is, like, made probably killed. It's left up to interpretation, but it's quite obvious that he'll, he probably kills her. Um, Sally is killed in, like, I thought it was so funny. Oh, I, I yeah. probably, sh- it should have been tragic, but it was so funny because she's like, I've been waiting for this for 40 years, and Leatherface is just like, I don't even know who you are. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Even- I know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he literally hobbles over and he's like, I got the dementia. Who are you? <laughs> yeah. You're atta- you're coming at me because uh, everyone has a southern accent, of course. And he's then like, kills Sally. Yeah. He's like, ma'am, I've I guess not in this sequel. He hasn't killed anyone since then because they can't fucking find him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but in the scenario where he is a serial killer with his family. He's yeah. killed so many people. How is he supposed to remember one? I yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, which which one were you? And she's like, I'm the one that got away. And it's like, okay, you didn't have to return because now you will die. And then she just she's in the movie like three times for the total time span of probably four to six minutes. Yeah. She dies immediately after coming at him. I really thought that she might be victorious, but like, I was like, oh, I don't know if he's going to get her. He's so old, but he just got her. Mm-hmm. He did a huge sprint and like came at her and she just died. And I was like, all right, well, okay. And, and then the school that. shooting victim yeah. uses Sally's gun to shoot him a few times. There's a big epic final battle between with the two sisters and him and he gets thwacked in the face with his own chainsaw and knocked into a body of water yeah so what's that about (laughs) this water and then what is one half my least favorite moment because the self-driving car sponsor plug is really stupid but also i loved that final kill (laughs) 
yeah the head cut off and he just like lifted it up and I was like oh shit and then she's like no and I was like oh my god he's gonna get you girl in the self-driving car it's going way too slow what are you doing yeah like I thought that kill was really great and kind of unexpected because it's a nice lull you think they're safe and then suddenly he grabs her and just unrelenting chops off her head yes yes because he's just basically just pretty stressed he's done he's been at this all night he's tired it's the morning now (laughs) these people will not leave him alone (laughs) he's hungry which is unfortunate because he killed the two cooks that came along I know he killed the chefs so now he's just gonna have to revert back to his old skills and who knows if he actually has those anymore um so I don't know Mm -hmm. um yeah so that's that and then like you said there's that after credit scene that I would have skipped over if Tim hadn't told me to watch that and I was like oh okay like what, what's it gonna be and it's just you know what I mean like what what more is gonna happen so he just goes back to the house and I'm like okay so yeah. does that mean there's gonna be another sequel Probably. <laughs> I, I, not. Like, I feel like there's some rumblings about a sequel because it is doing quite well on Netflix slightly merging into production this movie was not well marketed at all I had no mm-hmm. idea it was coming out until like two weeks beforehand yeah and yeah. I had to be like oh so once we do 50 shades freed we have to just go right into Texas Chainsaw 2022 because that's coming out this yeah week. <laughs> right right and uh, it was actually very abrupt you're right um and I feel like all the horror fans you know like dove right in but maybe they're kind of emerging because they're like, oh, this really isn't what I thought it was going to be. Um, the same caliber as Halloween 2018 was. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so uh, one more thing about story. I know we're taking a long time here to talk about it, but there's a lot to say. But um, how did you feel about we have the school shooting victim she was shot in the chest where her heart is. She survives and she's the one that is interested in holding and using and wielding a gun and shooting somebody else to kill them. And so I like didn't know what to feel or think about that. And um, I thought, yeah. And I think this is a general consensus even among okay. people who did really enjoy the movie. Yeah. There are so many woke talking points <laughs> in this movie that are just shoved right in there yeah so her being a school shooting victim seems so inconsequential to her character except I guess it's supposed to be a big moment for her when she's able to lift the gun and shoot Mm -hmm. Um, right but I think it would have been a big moment regardless of that weird shoehorned in backstory yeah yeah I wish that um they kind of like would linger on that a little bit more because I've never seen a character that is like the victim of a school shooter before yeah. in a movie and you're so right about all these woke topics like the they're probably chefs because like the tiktok chefs are like such a big thing <laughs> right true. now i didn't think about it but like the woke talking points like the fucking yeah. confederate flag thing that went on way too long because right i'm yeah. mostly familiar with the 20 20 thousands <laughs> 2000s yeah. <Texas> chainsaws. <laughs> yeah um 
but like <laughs> confederate flags are fairly absent in all the texas chainsaw massacre movies maybe in the background of a shot but it's not like yeah. a thing that's important to the plot like they're texans i know wouldn't they just have like the state of texas flag instead with just like the star like the big star yeah i, I feel like <laughs> that's more realistic because I've never been to Texas but I'm sure there's a lot of confederate flags but there's a shocking amount of confederate flags on the way to Michigan as well up north there's a weird (laughs) like that's weird like are you aware of what side you were on during the war yeah yeah it's like excuse me this is the north (laughs) Uh, and I think my favorite is all the confederate flags in West Virginia because uh, are you aware of why you're a state? <laughs> you literally split from Virginia over the right. Confederacy. Yeah. So I think that was shoehorned in because the Confederate flag is a huge debate topic. Yes. Like, I can't tell if this movie is pro-liberal or anti-liberal. I know, right? Because, like, they bring them in and they're trying to be woke, but also, like, these, these you know, these like, characters liberal- are fucking insufferable. They're, they're, they're just awful because they, like, what they do have, like, they have their woke topics, but they're also extremely, like, they, they act, like, extremely, like, um, like, oh, like, I can't think of the word right now, but they're just such douches, like, they come in and they act like, like they own the place, yeah. which is, like, not right, that that's something that they, they should be doing the opposite and be very compassionate. Um, yeah, because they just bought a town that was being sold because of extreme poverty in their own country. Right. They just, they, they're just acting way too entitled when like mm-hmm. all the woke people are just like against this air of entitlement. Like they don't want to, but then again, they're influencers. So are they like the bad influencers that are like toxic on their platforms? Or like, what know. the fuck is happening I don't think here? the writers fucking know. Um, Cause they're too old. And really I think know. out of any horror franchise, Texas Chainsaw is one you could do a very well done kind of woke narrative. And I think Hills Have Eyes in the same vein could be done like this if they wanted to do another remake. Um, Dallas Jones, who is another horror critic on Twitter, he put this into words better than I could have about how the reason the Sawyers are the way they are is because industrialization costs them their jobs. And that has never been more true than in Mm -hmm. current day America. So you could absolutely do a remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre that is set in the present day that still holds extremely true to those values from 40 years ago. Right. Like about how late stage capitalism is costing people their jobs. Yeah. So like that's that's the remake of Texas Chainsaw I'd like to see. And in the same Mm -hmm. vein, you could do something similar with The Hills Have Eyes with the horrors of the US government and how these yes. innocent people are not the villains they were hurt mm-hmm. and they're just trying to survive yes yes so all of the, <laughs> yeah all of it so guys and it's really a shame to like watch this movie and like have to say you know what like it should have been like this instead you know what i mean like you have all these people working for you why can't you figure out the right way to do it that will like make more sense? I mean, that's okay if you loved the movie. That's okay if you did, because that's wonderful. But for me and Sam, it just didn't quite sit right, but we're critiquing it and really analyzing yeah. it a lot. Yeah. Um, I, it no, was a, it's a fun movie. It's just, 
we're here to dissect it. Yes, we are. And so if you're interested in like hearing about like why the plot holes exist, we're going to do our our best to try to discover why they exist. Um, And I think we did a pretty good job. And you brought up that great point about how it's trying to be so woke that it's just like kind of like a, it's, it's outsmarting itself. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so nothing fucking makes sense. Um, and the self-driving car, like, I don't know how like prevalent those are in Texas because I don't know how many like e like uh, e charging stations are available. But I'm sure that was an electric car, like a Tesla, it, right? It probably was. That's an excellent point. That would have been hilarious if <laughs> battery if, if they ran out of battery in that. And Leatherface came, right? That <laughs> Even been that's great. better. Oh God. So yeah. And then they pulled up up to the gas station where the, you know, one of six people and he's just like, we ain't got no e-chargers. <laughs> now we just got gasoline. And um, then like trouble ensues because they're outside. You know what I mean? I don't know, but they got there <laughs> with their e-car and they're leaving with their e-car. It didn't lose the charge. So I don't know. That's that, and that's just another thing. That's a very good point because yeah. when my friend has a Tesla, so when we do like little trips in his Tesla, uh-huh. we have to plan our route according mm-hmm. to where e-charge stations are. Right. So I'm going to guess rural Texas would not be on that route. Right. Right. And like, I'm sure that a website that tells you where every e-charging station in America is. And you can probably narrow it down by state. And if we just chose a rural area in Texas, like there's probably zero. Yeah, um, <laughs> so. that, that's built into Tesla's is that they know where all the That's awesome. Are. That's really cool. How cool is that? Then you have to, wow, that's neat. I mean, like Tesla, that's also a problematic topic, but the, the <laughs> Tesla cars are cool, right? I think they're, they're so cool. Um, but uh, I don't know. Oh God! <laughs> Going back to World War Three for a second, Tesla's gonna end up playing yeah. a huge role if World War Three happens. Like, not a good role oh either. God, yeah, right. Like, yeah, sorry, our self-driving, sorry, our self-driving tank imploded on you. <laughs> yeah, it caught fire on itself. Um, so if anybody else is out there in the world and you're listening and you also develop, you know, electric vehicles or have that idea in mind, please come through, (laughs) become some competition here because, uh, yeah, eventually Sam and I will want to have an (laughs) e-car. We want to have some options. All right. Um, Let's get into production (laughs) because we've talked the hell out of the story. Yeah, we have. Um, Production, (laughs) the kills were fantastic. I've said this movie really does succeed at being a slasher movie. It just fails at being a sequel to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, I, my favorite kill is probably the first kill. The effects on that were spectacular, very Mm -hmm. inventive. Yes, yes. Um, That's my favorite too. (laughs) Really different, really different stuff. Um, we do see a little bit of him taking the face off of his caretaker and that could be a face and not one of the cops yeah Um, it that that was weird to me that felt very so Leatherface is based on Ed Gein the butcher of Plainsfield and I think 
Edgeen did do that to his mother. Ah, okay. And that's kind of what triggered all of what he did. Okay. But just because Leatherface is based on Edgeen, I don't see him doing that to someone he loves. Yes, I don't get that motivation there. Um, unless it was a way of like commemorating her. Yeah. So it it would make more sense for him to have taken the face of one of the cops. It would, yeah, because he'll only do that if he's like punishing you. And that's mm-hmm. what we come to understand when you watch the original. Yeah. Because the best homework to do is watch the original. <laughs> so um, yeah, but that first kill was great. Um, and also he takes a lot of care in making his human face masks he kind of just slapped it on yeah yeah and I was like I (laughs) it's so funny that you say that because I was sitting there watching and I was like well I really hope he doesn't just slap it over his face and expect it to stay there (laughs) and guess what everybody it stays and he doesn't like have that meticulous leather into it because he's called leather face not skin face (laughs) and um Mm -hmm has his, you know, like singer, like sewing machine and has a strap on the back of his head. So it stays there. None of that. It's just very sloppy, but maybe it's because it's old, but also maybe it's because nobody watched the original. So (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) So what, uh, what other kills stood out to you, Sam? Uh, Again, the last one was really great and brutal. Yeah. Uh, it really was the the, the heading Dante's death (laughs) Dante's death was pretty brutal for a second I thought he might live until he died because really all that was wrong was half his face had been ripped off yeah I hate whenever people really get that injury on their face and like die and I'm like I don't think you would die you'd just be like really scared (laughs) but you would be alive and trying to run away so he's like oh god I'm dying so Mm -hmm. I agree I agree with that um, I feel like when he killed the blonde, um, I don't know what her name is, but we'll just call her Larry because she's from Outlander. So he chokes. That was kind of like not too, too brutal. Um, so that, that didn't stick with me. It, but however, we do see him stabbing her stomach and it looked good. I know that there were effects happening there, but it actually was pretty seamless. I didn't mm-hmm. notice anything like rather odd about how it looks that was actually kind of cool yeah much like i said with halloween kills what it lacks in story it makes up for in brutality in brutality yeah absolutely in the violence so (laughs) it it like it actually had a pretty good balance of like here's this ridiculous story and like uh oh there's a plot hole we don't have time to fix it let's do a lot of kills to distract the viewer and so Mm -hmm. like that's kind of how I I noticed they were doing with like the pattern of like, you know, the scenes and what was happening. And yeah, I I love Texas Chainsaw 2003. And what I missed from this one that (laughs) Texas Chainsaw 2003 had was the kills really happened in rapid succession. There wasn't a lot of buildup in between. They're building up tension of where are our friends Mm-hmm. Um, and then slowly realizing what was happening, like Jessica Beale finding her when Leatherface turns around and Jessica Beale sees that he's wearing her boyfriend's face. What a great moment. That's such a great moment. And this movie <laughs> didn't have those great moments. Um, 
And oh. also that moment built that like tension and it built the um, sense of urgency because he had a, a engagement ring in his pocket. So it, it adds another layer and mm-hmm. the audience feels more sympathy. So like that yeah. wasn't present here either. Yeah. When I say I hate when horror movies try and shoe in a, I was going to propose plot to build mm-hmm. sympathy for the characters. I'm not talking about Texas Chainsaw 2003 because she never knew he was actually going to propose. It was Leatherface that I- found the ring. And that's what makes it really tragic because as a viewer, we know the secret and we feel really, really bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my goodness. I was going to propose at a Skinnerd concert. That's so 1970s. It is. And I, I don't care who doesn't like that movie. I love that movie. I love that remake because I think they, they do a really good job. And also I can't help but love text chains at the beginning because mm-hmm. it does have those important background elements that I think yeah. are kind of necessary um it's not a whole backstory but it's enough yeah for me texas chainsaw the beginning really hammers home that it's about family it does because it's not just about like him you know being brutal and killing it's about how his family was like the definition of a dysfunctional family like times a thousand (laughs) and I know it's impossible because he passed away in 2018, but this movie could have been saved if uh, Arlie Emery was in it. May he rest in peace if he was still like a cop. Oh my God. In the beginning of this movie, they pass by a cop on their way to Harlow and I'm like, oh, my heart feels empty knowing that he's not going to step out. Yeah, I know. It's like, oh, and we'll never, we'll never see him. But like how different it would make this movie, even if the story was still like stupid. Yeah. And I mean, he would have no business being in this movie because it's a direct sequel to 1974. But I think I could get over it because (laughs) he's such, he's such an icon in the Texas franchise at this point. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm willing to say that the beginning is his movie like they made it because sheriff yeah. Hoyt is such a great character yeah and i would say he's like the dating factor of the sweet boy who has like these kind of like um like sort of like how do you want to call it like some type of a like mental and social disability which is just like a murderer just like straight up <laughs> so it is his movie and he's the antagonist, not Leatherface. He's just kind of a victim of this dysfunctional family times a thousand, um, which makes it really, really cool. Cause uh, you can kind of get deeper than the surface there and see what really is happening. And um, if you if you love Texas Chainsaw at the beginning, I have a re- really cool because it's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything yeah. else to talk about with oh another production note and I yeah. commented this on Twitter on someone else's thread yeah. um, the issue I've had with recent Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies is they feel too clean and I'm not referring to the blood and gore and violence that's fine mm-hmm. I'm referring to the overall feel and cinematography of these movies because there's no reason I should be able to comfortably eat my lunch while watching them. I should be very disgusted by what I'm seeing on screen just with the living conditions. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. And And, 1974 did this, 2003 did this, uh, 2006 kind of did this. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. (laughs) 
Like it's supposed to make you feel gross watching it, not just from the blood and violence, but just from the atmosphere. The atmosphere, the look of it, the aesthetic. So we're talking like a cinematography and editing and um, how it's presented to us with different, I know that you talked a lot about having like some type of a yellow filter that makes all the difference. Mm -hmm. Okay. We want to feel like it's hot, humid, disgusting. And then COVID ran rampant and it's gross and nobody is sanitizing anything. But in the, so if they're going to be woke, maybe they should have added the woke topic of, Oh, you know, I need hand sanitizer because this place is disgusting. You know what I mean? But they didn't mention that. Yeah. And I thought they might a little bit, um, that's true. That's they should have, a great point. They should have yeah. been hand sanitizing after leaving the gas station. Oh, especially if they're chefs, because, you know, when you're trying to make food, you're extra sanitary. Like I wouldn't even think of COVID if they used hand sanitizer after going into that gas station, I would have just been like, yeah, that seems that's, like, yeah. normal. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. And, and also we can't forget that like before COVID, it was okay to be clean too. Yes. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> So yeah, you should just do it if their COVID didn't even exist, okay? And they didn't. So they're like, this is a very clean gas station. It's like, no, it's not. Oh, God. <laughs> but I think that's all I have in regards yeah. to production. Yeah. Um, what about, I'm, I'm sorry to keep you on the line, but uh, <laughs> do you have any specific feelings about the party bus? Uh, those kills and also like how the party bus looked on the outside and the inside. The like, party what was bus was weirdly large. Yeah, was it like a double decker bus in the back, but on the, the front of it, it looked like an old was, bus? It was so big. <laughs> I know. Um, what are these people doing? Because it started to rain. They went in the party bus and then they were all like getting drunk. And I was like, well, it's nighttime. Are you guys going to sleep on the bus? Like what do you, should, what's your plan? <laughs> well, they couldn't leave because the hot mechanic took the keys away, which is why I thought no. maybe he's one of the Sawyers, but no, his bitch ass got killed and he tried to give the keys back to the sister. Yes. <laughs> so, damn. But yeah, the party bus had some weird uh, architecture. It did. That was a little bizarre. But anyway, that that's just one one detail I wanted to talk about. I was like, what about the party bus? It was like, yeah. a, everybody died on it anyway, but like, it was kind of awkward. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I don't think I have anything else to say. Um, we, we talked all about realistic aspects in regards to the wokeness of, mm -hmm. you know, the characters and all those discussions. Um, and having also, your Tesla yeah. run out of charge in rural Texas really that can be traumatic so like if you're not if you're just like a young person trying to travel and like you don't plan ahead then that could realistically happen and you can get stuck somewhere that you may not want to be you know and it could turn into something like a mm -hmm. scary trip um, um gentrification yeah. is scary those influencers <laughs> yeah. were coming in to price the harlow citizens out yeah. of their homes yeah so that's a problem. Um, also a town still like managing to be called a town when there A is no industry and B there's like nobody living there. Um, that's, I don't know. I don't know what they're trying to do with that. Um, uh, another thing is being a victim of trauma, whether you, it's like, uh, 
the school shooting or uh, being Sally, <laughs> just sticking around, you mm-hmm. know, and just not not really having it, showing any effect of that trauma at all. So I don't know. I think that's it. Uh, getting into a car accident when you're mm-hmm. with the police and everybody dies but you. I don't know. There, there's a couple yeah. other things, but you know. A lot of it is at those things that Sam and I talked about where it's like you see it happening and you're like, that would never happen. So that's why I'm struggling to find anything else here <laughs> of note. Yeah. That's realistic. So if you were to grade this, Sam, what would you grade it? It's <laughs> hard because I say if you're just looking for a slasher movie, ah, yeah, that fucked me up. This was a lot of fun. If you're looking for Halloween 2018, but with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it's a what the fuck did I just watch? Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of us were looking for that sole successor um, and we were just like excited about what this could be. And it just was none of it. Oh, yeah, I would say, oh, yeah, that fucked me up, too. But I would agree with Sam if you're looking for uh, just a fun slasher, something that you can actually watch and not actually pay too much attention to the story, then, um, you know, oh, yeah, that fucked me up. Absolutely. Um, so, but for me, it's just it's the opposite. It's like, a, what the fuck did I just watch there? I'm glad I watched it, though. I'm glad I experienced that. So now, Sam, you have to watch the original. I will <laughs> stop here murdering me. I think it's on Netflix. It's on there. The remake um, is. I, I may have been mistaken last week in the mini uh, show. Uh, I <laughs> believe the original is a Shutter exclusive right now, which I do have Shutter. Oh, so. Got it. Got it. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, and the remake, you mean the 2003 remake that we yeah. love? Yes. Yeah, that one's cool too. So then, yeah, all, all of those are pretty awesome um, to watch. So that's our grade. I don't have any other notes, any other final fleeting thoughts you have? Um, I don't think so. Yeah, okay, me neither. It was an excellent, excellent discussion. <laughs> um. So are you ready for the outro notes, Sam? We can wrap up. I think I am. Yep, me too. All right, well, I've got them open right here because I'm always prepared. So Real Horror Show was created by Sam Odie and Stormy Skies and is directed by Sam Odie. Um, Today we learned that you shouldn't go to a town and try to gentrify it because then a nightmarish massacre will ensue. Um, and then we learned a lot of other things along the way as well. Um, like what you hear, you can find Real Horror Show on Spotify, TuneIn, Google Play Store, Stitcher, iTunes, and Pandora. Really, really like what you hear? Follow us on Twitter, at Horror Show Pod, or search for Real Horror Show on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook, at Real Horror Show. Like our page and share our stuff. We also have a website that all of our written reviews and podcasts can be found, realhorrorshow.com. Want to interact with us? Want to make sure we're real humans and not space vampires? Comment on our website or email us at realhorrorshowpodcast at gmail.com. Want to argue with us about something? Or think you have a really great horror movie review that you're dying to share with two random strangers from the internet? Submissions are open for movie reviews. Check out the submit page on our website and follow the rubric before sending us anything. 
it's not done according to the rubric, it will be disregarded. Sorry, not sorry. We love horror, and if you're listening, you do too. Please help us keep our project going by visiting our support page on our website, where you can make a one-time donation via PayPal. We also have an Amazon wish list. If you feel like buying us something tangible, will help convey your love more than a monetary donation would. Also, you can find the buy us a coffee button on our website. It's a button you can click that will pay us the amount you would need to buy a coffee. A little bit goes a long way. Sometimes we can't help out artists monetarily and that's okay. By simply liking, sharing, retweeting, and even giving us an awesome review will help us out tremendously. And other than what we discussed at the opening of the episode, any other pertinent news? I think so. Just, you know, stay informed and don't be a raging douchebag. (laughs) Yeah, sorry about my phone. Um, But yeah, just absolutely do that. Stay informed. If you're not, if you're not a person that like watches the news, now's the time to kind of, you know, get, get a little more involved with checking the news at least daily, you know, just to see what's, what's happening. So you can understand if not to just talk about it with other people, just to know for yourself. Um, you know, um, yeah, and I don't think there's any, any other pertinent news on my end, so our outro song is called Creepy Doll by Jonathan Colton. Thank you, fuck off, and have a swell evening, and this is Real Horror Show signing off. <laughs>